0: Here's here's the thing about core values. They are basically the fabric of your company. Okay? Your decisions, your hiring, your firing, your rewarding, everything, if you can operate everything on those core values. It sets a standard that will allow everybody to uh operate within a guideline, okay? A guideline of a uh, a framework that will let people make decisions based on those, those items.
1: You have the knowledge, the experience and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they've built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, everybody. Today, I have with me John Badera. Of integrated business finances, and I just met this guy. Was impressed immediately. Straight to work, and I loved it. Nice to meet you, John. Or nice to have you on, Jonathan. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks, Scott. Uh, definitely appreciate you inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, we got introduced and just rolling up the sleeves, getting to it. I don't like wasting time. Like <laughs> I'm blunt. People either love it or hate it, and you loved it, and that's how I know we vibe. We work well together.
1: <laughs> it was so funny because uh, I I reached out to I told you this I reached out to a a friend that we both have, and I'm like, okay, uh, tell me what you know about John, and he's like, oh, he's a great dude, really, really knows his stuff, and I said straight to the point, right? He goes, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't like it, uh, but that's just how I am. So well. It's kind of funny because I kind of tend to... This is all around finances for anybody who just can't read our minds, but... Yeah. We, small uh, business
0: lending, small business growth. Yes. That's what we do.
1: Yeah. So I I got connected with, with John and like seriously got on the phone and <clears throat> it was like, boom, this is what you're doing. I want it by tonight. Boom, boom. And for me, I've always been like action immediately. Yep. Like someone... I hate it when I talk to a service and I'm serious about it. And then three weeks later, it's like, really? Like, come on, I shouldn't have to tell you what to do. And so I really actually appreciated that. Like, Hey, we're just going to get to the bottom of the line here. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Cause that's what matters.
0: Like how, where, like when I look at a business, right. I always want to check out every aspect of that business to provide valuable input and then figure out what they're trying to accomplish. And then, Bridge that gap, right? Yeah. So, what do I mean by that? I ask for, let's say, six to 12 months of banks, any type of payment processing, an application. If you're looking for equipment financing, I need the invoice. If it's an SBA, I need two or three years of returns, personal financial statement, whatever. But I get a baseline package, mm-hmm. and then I review that through a soft credit pull, a business credit pull, and a cash flow analysis, which, you know, you've probably never saw that before that's the same software bank use, right wow. and so then we put everything together we review it together and then write off and say hey this is what i would change or hey scott you don't need to do anything here right and we just make those little adjustments so the business hits their goals and and that's really all it is so for me and the reason why i said that to you scott and why i say it to everybody I I work with a lot of people on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And my clients stay my clients. But I can't chase you. I, I can't chase really anybody. And that's what's really frustrating because a lot of times, like when I'm not dealing with clients, I'm dealing with uh, underwriters. And then I'm dealing with my teams. And Integrated is my main business, but it's not my only business. Mm-hmm. So I have to work efficiently. And for me to work efficiently, I need people that are serious and want a certain level of service, a certain level of knowledge, and a certain level of relationships, and it's a trade-off, and you were perfect. You're like, here you go. I'm like, awesome, and that's how I knew we were going to get along.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't take a, a task lightly, I, and I think this is really important lesson. I mean, like, pull a lesson from this immediately. You defined your avatar by like how you want this business reciprocated. This is what I need from a client so that I can be successful. And seriously, like your approach, if someone wanted foo-foo handholding, they probably drive you freaking crazy. Mm
0: -hmm. But after that
1: first call, they're gone. They're like, this guy's not going to give me a shoulder to cry on. He's just going to get stuff done. And I, I mean, really, I think that's a lesson for a lot of people. We have these talks about like, have you defined your avatar and what are you doing to keep the wrong people out of your business? Right.
0: That's just and as keep the right
1: people in. Yeah. It's just as important.
0: Yeah, it, case it in is. point, case in point. Cause I, I know I'll never discuss client info anytime any time. Cause it's a doctor. I feel it's the doctor client relationship, but I have a good friend who has sent me a couple people. He referred somebody to me and I would, I usually would have said no, no, thank you. I just think it's too borderline to push for this type of loan and it's under my transaction size, but because it was a a friend of a friend, I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do this for you. Sure enough. Uh, I send all the paperwork. It's a week and a half, two weeks. I get a million texts, which is good because I coached her not to call me. I don't like, you know, you can hop on my calendar at any point. You can text me with questions, but I was in and out of meetings and I had a lot of bigger um, things to handle the other day. And I was being asked the most ridiculous questions in text over and over and over again. And the first thing I thought to myself, Scott was just should have said no. Yep. Yep. Just should have said no. So when you break that rule, it's it's challenging. But when you get the right types of people, when you get your people, you can work with your people, life's a lot more fun. You can make a bigger impact. You
1: can help more people, right? And that's a hard saying, lesson to
0: learn.
1: Well, yeah, and saying no, you have to overcome some obvious, like, uh, you just feel like you're turning down money. And the thing is, is a lot of times turning down the wrong money will get you a lot more of the right money. and save you a ton of energy. too. Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.dasforgyms.com, that's V-A-S-F-O-R, gyms.com, and book an appointment to find out more.
0: But in this case, I will tell you why I did, the other reason why I did it. I knew that where this person was pointed and what that person was being told by who she was quote unquote working with, she would have gotten absolutely destroyed. Yeah. So I was trying to do the right thing to stop her from making a really big and bad decision. Like when you've worked with finances and we work with lending and lines of credit and any of this stuff, making the wrong decision can set somebody back substantially.
1: Yeah. Uh-uh. Big time. <laughs> yeah. Big I'll time. tell you this, I,
0: I invested in a gym, okay? I love trying to get people to be uh, in better shape and live better lives, but I did not do enough research. And, you know, truth be, like this is this will be the, this has the potential to be one of the biggest losses or the mm-hmm. biggest loss I've ever had financially speaking. And I've taken a lot of risks. I've done very well. I've also made a lot of mistakes. This has the potential to be the biggest.
1: Yeah. gym industry is very interesting. Mm-hmm. You, Jeff and I can talk about this quite a bit. Actually, how you know Jim.
0: Jeff told me to fucking
1: run before. I'm like, no, it looks great. No, he was right. He was right. He knows. He knows. That's awesome. So I I have some really specific questions for you based around your business. But first, I want to understand a little bit more about you, what you do, like not just the financial, you know, the integrated business finances, but like where did you kind of get your start? And you you mentioned multiple things going on. So I'd like to hear some of those stories.
0: Let's clean it up and make it a little bit uh, easy. Yeah. So I'll I'll give you the rundown. I was working on Wall Street uh, right out of college i thought that me working on wall street it was a family family thing everybody in my family worked on wall street and i really oh, wow. thought i'd love it so i started doing some high frequency trading and i was like hmm i didn't like to commute two hours each way it wasn't for me i get recruited to be an underwriter which if you know anything about underwriters it's kind of funny because you know they're like these pencil pushers like very you know, structured salary. I did it for six months. I absolutely hated it. I had a micromanager there. So then I moved over to sales. I built up a sales department, went from building up a sales department to running sales. Then I started and I'm like, you know what? I have a cap here. I don't like a cap. I don't like having one product. I ventured out and worked with two people. Uh, and built my first like marketplace, very similar to integrated. However, we only sold really one type of program or two types of programs. And we did really, really well, except I was a minority partner. And my, my partner was basically long story short. He asked me to have the uh, taxes done. So I sent them off to my accountant. My accountant gives me a call. He goes, "Jonathan, what the fuck? Where are you guys? How are you spending a half a million dollars on on T and I'm like, "What do you mean, Gene?" And he, we went through all the transactions. My partner was paying for all his Saint Martin trips, uh, or trips to Saint Martin, and I knew what he was doing there. He was doing, he, he was banging hookers and doing blow. Oh. And so, long story short. Uh, we were paying for all that. And I was on a profit share deal and the profit was going up his nose. And I was like, eh, time to pass, right? So at that point, I'm leaving. My wife is pregnant with our first kid. So I'm like, oh shit, what do I do now? So I went back to the original company where I was capped. They gave me a sweetheart deal with Equity to build direct sales. There was a merger two weeks before my Equity vests. Hey, we don't need you anymore. Take the team. It was over a million dollars, and at that point, I was in contract to buy our first house. I'm like, what the fuck? So, all right, let's just keep moving on, right? So I get to. Uh, long story short, I went to one other direct funding company, and then I finally said, Hey, it's time. I want to build something that is client focused. Okay, I want to. I want to start with the end user in mind and at first i partnered with somebody and and a company called sprout lending that's where a lot of people uh, originally knew me from me and that partner we had uh when i started getting really into core values and i started getting a little bit more in the weeds of how i want my business to operate and what's important to me uh, it was best that we part ways okay so i took that platform and rebranded it unto in- integrated um, we went our separate ways that was it he's no longer in the lending and finance space he does marketing which was always his strong suit and I, I do you know lending and help businesses achieve their goals and that's how I'm here I I moved from New York to Florida which was a great move and uh, I have now my wife and my two kids are down here eating four. And I'm blessed. I wish I did this a long time ago.
1: Yeah. 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 Don't, we have to learn those lessons though. You know, we have to go through the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have partner now? Because I mean, obviously being in partnerships and, and things, it's been a bit of a burn for you. Do you have partners at this point?
0: Um, I would say my biggest mistakes have always been partners. Uh, when I spoke to Stumman on it, he had a really great thing. He goes, dude, you, you just, you've always been able to do it. You just didn't realize you could do it by yourself. That's why you leaned on partners. He goes, I've been burned with that. Um, so yeah, I do I have a partner? I have a, a small investor mm-hmm. that is a part that is a partner who I've done several different deals with and transactions with. And we actually have an amazing relationship. And uh, we've helped each other. We're, we're good friends and we've helped each other. Did I need him to do this? Absolutely not. Looking back at it, I did not need it any of his investment, I could hand it back to him tomorrow. However, he's gotten me in a lot of different transactions and deals. He adds a lot of value to what I do and I reciprocate that favor. So this, this one as is works
1: great. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. mentioned early refer earlier referrals. Uh, what part of your business is referrals and, and really how have you st- gotten to that place oh man
0: it's embarrassing um i
1: would say probably
0: 95 percent of my business is referral based it's referral based or the other four percent i shit you not is probably someone that saw me uh on a podcast, saw me uh my profile saw me on youtube and they're like how do i work with them? and reached out 99% of my business is I I can't run ads to save my life. I have somebody that's working on it. My stuff keeps getting shut down because the type of uh, of because of essentially what I'm advertising because it's credit based, it's mm. financial services, and even if I could run it and everything was going great, the other challenge you have is I can't outspend my competition. My my competition can drop. Half a million dollars, a million dollars a month, no problem on ad spend, and I can't do that.
1: But uh, refer- uh, referral uh, business is like you just do a good job. It, it's not free, but it's it, as close to free as you can get, right? I mean, it's that's correct. phenomenal.
0: Yeah. It's it, it's partnerships, right? It's it's structuring the right partnerships. But uh, referrals are they're a blessing, more so than anything. But there is a certain thing. When you have majority referral business, you have to treat everybody like gold. And here's mm-hmm. the thing: they are coming in expecting you to walk on the word. So you have to fucking surpass that. Okay? You have to surpass that. For them, for, for Scott, if I need to turn you into a referral, if I'm being if you're already referred to me, I have to go above and beyond that expectation. Right? So it's one thing for me to do it, it's 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 always even more challenging to have your entire team operate that way. And so your expectations and your standards are very, very, very high. It's a blessing. I love it. You have to set expectations. I just did, and I just did a sales call from
1: a referral like two hours ago, and the guy started with, So-and-so talked about you, so and so talked about you, and so and so talked about you. So they they literally he basically said, They say you can walk on water. So let's see. I'm like, this is gonna be fun. (laughs) Right. Uh we got the call right ending the call. He's like, man, they were right about you. I'm so excited. I'm like, I haven't delivered anything yet, but okay, this is awesome. But you're right. It's it's a very you you have to stay at a high operating level. You have to stay at a very high uh, delivery rate, like. Got to over deliver. And I don't think everybody's set up for that. And the fruit of that is very obvious. You don't get referrals if you don't deliver. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, And you have to care, right? You do. Got to care. Got to give a shit. I think all of this kind of revolves around something you talked about not too long ago, and that's core values. And before we hopped on and recorded, I saw behind you there was like a poster with core values. And so I'd, yep, I put it on my list. I'm like, I'm going to talk to John about. Core values, and you talked about how serious you are about that. So let's hear what your uh, what you have to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about core values. They are basically the fabric of your company. Okay, your decisions, your hiring, your firing, your rewarding, everything. If you can operate everything on those core values, it sets a standard that will allow everybody to uh, operate within a guideline. Okay. A guideline of a, a framework that will let people make decisions
1: based on those, those items. Does that make sense? It does. It's your, it's like your North, they're your North star. Like every decision is filtered through your values. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's a compass. It's a compass for your company. Yeah. You know, so, and
1: yeah, no, we're Sorry. So when did like what got you like when what was the turning point from you know maybe not having core values not having them super defined and then what have you seen as a result of really getting into that into the weeds with that one?
0: That's a good question. So I learned that Narate first about from Andy and Ed about how core values how they're important and how you can utilize them to grow right and how you can how they will help your company operate at a higher level, higher frequency. The challenge it, even talking about them it's great, but I think I can still implement them better. Right? Like you have to find ways to integrate no pun intended, those core values into meetings, into hiring, you know, and and it's not just asking, you know, somebody that you're interviewing, "Hey, what are your core values?" cuz Most times if you do that, they're gonna look at you like you have five heads, Mm -hmm. okay? They have no idea. So you have to ask them questions to kind of determine what their core values are, Like One of ours is win, 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 okay? And what that means is we want a win for our clients, a win for our partners, if there's a partner involved, and a win for us. Well, how do you get that, okay? out of that or try you know another one is like being transparent when you're dealing with people's finances uh you want to be blunt honest and transparent right how do you get that out of a uh, conversation right so it's extracting you know what you feel their values are on an interview not just saying what does this mean to you because if i said hey scott what does win 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 mean to you? you're you gonna look at me yeah
1: did, have, you changed, have you changed your Have you changed your core values over time?
0: I think they can change based on what's important, but I think there are certain ones that aren't going to change. Right? Like, yeah. it it's just you always want to be excellent in what you do.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of business owners don't even know, like, probably haven't even been taught or heard about core values, nonetheless, put them on pencil to paper. I mean, I have a PDF, you know, a piece of art just like yours, basically, that has that on it. And it's it's interesting because you think, well, I worked a long time to develop these. And you're like, what are they again? I mean, there's some I definitely remember, but it's really important to keep them right in mind. And I think we all can improve. Re- like they've got to be first and foremost, they got to be right in front. And, and like, literally, they're the gatekeeper to everything you do. Am I going to talk? Am I going to spend time with this person? Let's look at the core values. Am I going to take this person on as a client? Let's look at core values. Am I going to, am I going to use them for my business? Am I going to be their client core values? It's a really hard thing to remember because we get all emotional and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're making decisions as fast as we can to keep up with the business. And so uh, it's, you brought it up twice. So I knew it was important. It's,
0: you know, it's funny. Like we can, like i said i think that there isn't one area of anything that we've run over that i can't improve that i can't get better and i'll feel that way um i'll feel that way in six months from now i'll feel that way six years from now you know i'll feel that way in 20 years from now right and having like adopting that has uh has really helped me get to where I want to be uh, a lot faster, right? And the other thing is, like, it's also uh, it's helped me cut people out a lot, a lot easier too.
1: Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. Uh, what is the right. importance of cutting people out? Uh, some people are fucking negative, man.
0: Like, you got to deal with. Like, you want people that you want to be around that are positive that are pushing you and you know everyone has good days and bad days there's no doubt in my mind like i am not always up here most times i'm not most times i'm shit i'm struggling to get out of bed hop in a cold plunge uh to you know get on you know to do the workout but i'm doing it anyway okay The people that are not going to push you to be better to do that, the people that are just bitching and complaining, the people that are going to be toxic in your life and in business, the faster you cut them out, the better. One cool thing I will go over, since 75 Hard came out, I have done that every year, right? My son, my oldest is eight years old. He's seen me doing it. The only reason why I'm bringing this up is because of what you just asked. Um, He works out every day. He sees me doing this. He sees me reading it. At seven, he's picked that up. At eight, he's already doing this. And it's pretty, pretty cool to watch. Like, I wish I did all that at that age.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a very similar age or similar story. My boys are 14 and 18, they're in the gym every single day. I don't tell them. I do not tell them when to go. They go out the we have a, garage, a beautiful garage gym and they're out there. They're, they've come up with, they've gotten their own workout plans. They've seen their mom and I do this since they can remember. And it started about seven or eight and they go through phases, of course, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, man, I want to encourage you because that's just going to get better and better and better. Just the, like, even the way my oldest talks about doing hard things and about challenges, I'm like, whoa, you've been paying attention. And 75 hard is great. I used to kind of knock it, but it, because, because for me, I actually had built those into habits. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is, I'm not adding anything. So I kind of missed the point, right? It's like, oh wait, no. But, um, it's really great for people to test themselves. And I was talking to someone the other day and he's like, well, I'm starting on January 1st. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I want to drink. I'm like, you're missing the whole point, dude start today. He's like, no, I'm not going to, I'll, no, i am like, yeah, you're missing the point. Sure. <laughs> like, no, if you, if you really want to be hard, like you start right now. So you do a cold plunge. Do you have a, you have a special cold plunge, uh, tub or homemade or what do you do?
0: You know, I wish before I dropped the money, I, I, I would have known about doing it, uh, the homemade style, but I'll tell you that being in Florida, I don't think it was an option. So I bought the cold plunge. I absolutely love it Um, about being endorsed to say that. It's amazing. It sucks. It's miserable, but you feel great after. There are certain times I just go in up to my chest. or certain times I go all the way under. It's miserable, but it does help a lot. And the things that you would think it does, like the biggest difference is the clarity and my ability to deal with stress.
1: Yeah, we're yeah. my wife and I are yeah. kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do. We've been we've been doing cold showers, and it's just different. It's just totally different, you know. And in, and and we we joke because I'm in Texas. Cold mm-hmm. showers in the summer. It's pretty tough to get a cold shower. <laughs> I can't get a
0: cold shower again. That's why I did this. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Now it's not so bad, but um, yeah, no chance we're getting it to forty degrees, even fifty. No chance. So uh, I I find it fascinating, and I and every morning when I'm in the shower, I'm like. This sucks balls, but I, but it's that mindset, just like Andy says, just like all the people that talk about it, you're crushing something really hard first thing in the morning. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you, you, have you've achieved it. So what else, what else? I mean, bring it. I can do that. I could do a lot of things. Uh, I want to kind of ask something that I had never really thought about until it was too late was why do I need business a business line of credit i'm like i've always operated on like just i've got the money um i'm gonna you know i'm gonna bootstrap this thing and i wonder like looking back from all the businesses i've done over the last 15 years or 20 years whatever it's been like wonder where i could have been if i had a business line of credit yeah Um, so let's talk about that hundred so so one i apologize because we went
0: off on a bunch of different tangents
1: but yeah, we'll no, go. I love it. I, I want to go on tangents. So <laughs> it's well, all good. Long
0: story short, every single business should have a line of credit. Okay. The reason being is one, you want it for short-term uses. Okay. I'm going to give you guys some real actionable stuff here. Short-term uses, inventory, supplies, marketing, adding to your staff. You basically want to draw from it, pay it off, draw from it, pay it off. As you're doing that, you're helping, one, establish business credit or build business credit. Two, you're utilizing this to grow your business. And then three, you have an online credit there ready to, one, take advantage of opportunities to use it for short-term needs. And three, in case shit hits the fan, you have it for emergencies, right? Now, you should always, the best time to apply for financing is when you don't need it, okay? Why? Because your credit's good, your cash flow is great, uh, everything's really good. So by you applying, like I'll give you an example. I have a friend that applied about two years ago with a line of credit. I think we got him seventy-five thousand, and the rate was super low. He would never get that line of credit now. Why? Because rates went up. He already has it locked in, and established that they give, they kept him at the same rate, and they just raised his line of credit from seventy-five thousand to a quarter mil. Wow. OK, and so he he did that and he trusted me to do invoice factoring for him. And not only did his line of credit grow, his business grew like two to three times what it was when he came in. All because he didn't need anything when he did. Now, when you need something that you, you still can score out well, but it's you want to strategically set up your business for success. I'll give you another great example. Equipment financing. Equipment financing is super important. Anytime you have a piece of equipment you need to buy over $10,000, you should see a professional and get equipment financing. Why? You can pay it off in three to five years and you build something called comparable debt. Comparable debt basically says, all right, you know, I paid for this machine um, and this machine was, let's say $40,000. Once you have, Made twelve payments on it, meaning twelve monthly payments. It counts qu- towards comparable debt. So the fact that you have forty thousand in comparable debt will at least get you qualified for an eighty thousand dollar piece of machinery or something comparable when you go to finance it again. Right. So there are so many people that come to me and be like, oh, here's a million dollars. Okay, uh, here's a million dollar invoice for you know these ten trucks or these these five machines. Can you refinance? And they might have the credit for it. They might have the cash flow. They might have the margins. And it's a challenge if they don't have if they haven't set it up properly and have comparable debt. So that's that's a great takeaway for anyone that's listening that's trying to uh, do any type of equipment finance.
1: Last thing, yeah. Was, yeah. what? No, oh, you go. <laughs> how great, that would be if you are if you have any type of fleet needs or you know big equipment. Home services, like all of those, you mm-hmm. have to pivot pretty quick. Like you're growing, I need another vehicle or I need a, you know, X, Y, Z. It's not like, well, let me just save for it. You, no, you got to strike it, while you have the business.
0: It doesn't work that way. It's yeah. very hard to save your way to success or to riches. Um, yeah. The other thing, guys, that are listening and girls, you want to finance things over the life Span that you're going to use it. Hear me out. You're not paying for a house in five years. When you buy a house, it's usually a 30 year mortgage. You're using it over that short, you that length of time. When you buy a piece of equipment, it's usually three to five years. Why? Because it's probably going to last you at least three or five years. Now, the short term stuff like a line of credit, working capital, guess what? That's short term. So you want something that's going to match, let's say six months to let's say 30 months or 36 months because it's shorter term, all right? And then the net, just, you always want to finance things over the lifespan that you're going to use. It. That's another reason why I don't like, you know, if you look at cars now, some people are financing cars over eight or nine years. If you actually look at what the cost is on that, it's substantial. So just... Some financing tips
1: that can help that's what yeah that's awesome that's really good i I think that just hearing that because we assume at least I assume like there's just so much we don't know, I think as business owners entrepreneurs you're you're drinking from a fire hose, and sometimes it's just good to stop and someone say, "Hey, wait, wait, time out, you need this and that's what happened to me. I was interviewing someone on podcast, and at the end she's like you need to talk, John, <laughs> she's like, we need to start. We need to get you some business financing. So, you know, and, and it was like the first time, first time in how many years of business, anybody said anything to me, which is, which is crazy. So I think it's, it's a message that needs to be heard loud and clear. Okay. I want to, to wrap this up, I want to go back to like the ice, uh, the ice immersion, the cold immersion, yeah. type stuff because I want to talk about how you keep yourself sharp, because you, you said something that really struck a chord with me is, you know, sometimes I, when I wake up, I, I just don't want to do it. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't have that. It's very common. The mornings are tough. Like my brain is going like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail here. This thing's falling apart. Like everything from the subconscious just drops on me like a brick. Right. <laughs> and uh, I know I have routines in place to snap out of that like as fast as I can, because it's really destructive. So what do you do to keep yourself sharp? uh, as a business owner, as a man, as a father, as a husband, like what are the things that you are like kind of non-negotiables for you to stay on track?
0: Man, that's funny. Uh, truly there are no non-negotiables, um, except breathing and trying my best. And you say that because you fight with yourself every day. You're at war constantly with yourself, uh, especially now with the way the economy is going, the way people are going, uh, Most people not having a strong root in faith, that's just the truth, right? That's what what it is. So as far as non-negotiables, every day is a battle to do these things. But when I do them is when I build the most, the greatest amount of momentum. So I'm not good at this one, but it's gratitude. Okay. Truthfully, I'm not good at it. But if I I lay in bed and I can be grateful for about five or ten minutes before I touch my phone, get done with the rest of the stuff i don't want to do it does help and so i want to do some type of workout i i love lifting all right but when i can't lift or when i talk myself out of it or i'm running late uh i have stuff in in my gym like in my garage or i can do a spin bike or i can go for a run i need to get moving Mm -hmm. then what i like to do hop in the ice bath five minutes a day at least. And it helps you work on your breathing because there's nothing else you can do in it. You have to fucking breathe. Otherwise it's going to be miserable. Okay. I like my quiet time. Okay. So I need to get to the office before people start calling me before people get, uh, get here in my office. So I will be here. I try to get here at like seven 30 8 o'clock it gives me a little bit of time to think and organize my shit or organize my day. Otherwise it's fucking chaos. Like on my schedule, I blocked this out for you, right? To do the show. And I've had four calls and I'm seeing the same calls translate to email. All right. <laughs> uh, so if I'm not, if I am not on this meticulously, it can derail my day. Um, one of the things I started doing, I learned this from Ed, my life. And I love this. Tell my kids, grab them, either each side of the head, uh, you know, or on the shoulders to tell them about themselves. He told me that. And I've been, with, I've been in RTA and I've been with, with, you know ed for four or five years now just picked up on that since his last event i've done it every day i love it tell my kids a little bit about them no one did that for me um then i typically will get home usually around seven so six o'clock to seven i'll try to make some content some some videos work on that stuff and then what's my wrap up i like to have a little bit of time with my wife I like to spend a lot of time with my kids at night. This is when like either they'll go to karate or uh martial arts or something. We eat dinner together, they go to bed, and then from there I will usually try to read at least 10 pages of a non-fictional book and visualize afterwards. And if I can do that, if I check those boxes, you know, it's, it's a good day, and it helps you build momentum, and it helps with structure yeah, uh, right. when I incorporate those things. Yeah, yeah, nice thing. What was yeah,
1: that? You have a nice sandwich. you got the the beginning and then the end, and I think a lot of people kind of miss one of those, and it, it's pretty detrimental.
0: It, yes, it, it hurts. Like, I, both of those, it's intentional how I did that, and mm-hmm. there are times I'll switch things like – I only got a half, half hour in this morning on the spin bike because I was running late. Well, if the kids want to watch TV uh, tonight, and this is flexible, right? you, the Your ability to still do what you need to do when it's not optimal is going to be very, very important for your long-term success. So I'll give you an example. I know my son was dragging ass this morning. I was dragging ass this morning. I have a dice game, okay? On one set of dice, it's either the amount of reps or the amount of seconds. That you know, the other one is push-ups, squats, walking lunges, uh, mystery exercise. So guess what? If 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 I find out that he didn't do what he was supposed to do this morning, instead of me hitting the bike while everyone's watching a little bit of TV, uh, we'll play that game. You know, we'll do that for 45 minutes. All right, and both my kids will actually do that: the eight-year-old and the four-year-old. Wow. So and, and the eight-year-old's reading. He's reading the Energy Bus right now. He saw me reading it. He's like, Dad, I want to read books like you. I'm like, okay, cool. Here you go. John so don't you're go really surprised how much is caught, not taught. Set your kids up for success. Have them, them watch you do your stuff.
1: I agree. Like, I don't know a better man, way to wrap this up than that because I, I feel so incredibly strongly about that. I have a podcast all about that. Uh, so... Uh, that is rad, John. How can guys and gals who want to have a little better financial setup for their business get a hold of you?
0: Um, Facebook, Jonathan Federa. Instagram, Jonathan Federa. Uh, if you want YouTube, go to Integrated Business Financing on YouTube. Please subscribe there, and um, you know that's that's it. I'm sure we'll have the links on the show. Yep. But um, yeah, anything I could do. If you guys need a review. Um, I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. I'm a big champion of small
1: business. It's only for keeping this country together, to be honest with you. right? Um, So we got to stick together. That's right. I agree 100%. And guys, like when you do that, be ready to take action because this guy moves. He takes (laughs) care of business. And then the other amazing thing that I will say about you before I close out is that for you, for with me, it was like, hey, first you need to do this and sent me right to where exactly where I needed to be and gave me a game plan. And that will bring business back every single time. Try to find a way to serve a client, whether you can serve them or not, because that will buy their business or, or get their business. I guess you're not buying it. Um, so Thank you. I, I, I can personally vouch that Jonathan will help you in some way if you're the right person. If you're going to pussyfoot around and and not do what he says like don't even bother and that's what i absolutely love about you it's the action taker it's obvious in the things that you're talking about that that's a part of your life and probably part of your values so thank you very much jonathan i really appreciate your time man thanks for having me scott i appreciate you brother